Welcome to the Vibe Lifter podcast. I'm Tish, one of the Reglan Food co-founders, and I'm here to help lift your vibe with inspiring stories from people out in their local communities doing good mahi. So settle in and let's meet our guest of the day. Today we're chatting with Annie Cochran, Hadakiki flex weaving expert and preserver of this beautiful traditional practice. Kia ora, Annie. Thanks for Kia coming ora. in today. Lovely to see you and to meet you properly as well. Yeah, my pleasure. Great to have you here. So tell us about Hadakiki. What mm. makes it so special? Well, it's actually a really amazing plant, Hadakiki. It um I've heard many stories of how when Māori first came to Aotearoa, it was essential, you know, to being able to live here and in a different climate, really. Like it grows easily. Mm. And also it's got fibre, which can be used, the actual fibre can be extracted using muscle shells to make kākahu clothing, mm. cloaks, all manner of clothing that, that Māori made then, which was essential, we still make it. Also you can make uh, fishnets, fishnets mm. were made out of it, rope, Fariki mats on the floor of the homes and in the Farinui, and of course kete and, and all of the various containers. So it's incredibly versatile and very strong. And even though our bush has been decimated, not Arakiki, you see, it will grow anywhere. Wow, so it's a survivor plant. Totally and essential. So that's a lot of uses traditionally, or how, how it used to be used and probably still is used for some of those applications. Do you know of any commercial uses for Harakiki well, now? Is there commercial demand for it? Way back here at, out at um, Okiti, there was a, a flax mill where flax was, um, Harakiki was harvested, the strong one, and made into rope. Yeah. I, mainly, I think there is also Foxton's pretty well known. Way back in the early times when Europeans first came here, there was a lot of use of harakiki, and Māori grew it and supplied it. These days, of course, artificial fibres have taken over from some of that. But I saw not long ago a group who were looking to use harakiki fibre as an insulation. Oh wow! And I thought I was excited about that. So I, they're not on deck with it or anything yet. They're still doing it. But wouldn't that be incredible? That'd be amazing. I mean, it's strong and it's natural. Those are the main ones that mm. I know of. Yeah. What about um, medicinal purposes? Because I've heard you can also use it yeah. for health. One of the good things with harakiki is that when you're cutting it, you use a sharp as knife. Okay. And especially when you're starting out, you often cut yourself. Oh. Or you just get the, there's a gum at the base of okay. a lot of harakiki plants and you just wipe that on. It's kind of antiseptic, I think. Oh, so you wound yourself and yeah. cure yourself. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. You just heal yourself on the spot. Amazing. So I don't know all the, all the other sides, but I know I use it for that. And a lot of people I know use it for that. Mm. Mm. And it's quite, um, well, from what you've described, it grows really well and it's a bit of a survivor. So is mm. it quite easy to find in Aotearoa or are there any sort of special sites that grow it or how does that work? Yeah, that before you start weaving, you think harakiki's harakiki and mm. there's the, the lighter one, you know, that's sort of ornamental and the coloured ones and then there's the big tough one. Once you start to weave, there's so many different ones and it's oh. why a pa harakiki is so important is because it's a a garden where harakiki that is specific to certain uses is grown. So like the fibre, you know, where you strip the harakiki to get out the beautiful, it's like silk, just 
fibre. That's a special harakeke. Now, even though all harakeke has fibre, it's hard to strip it okay. on many of them. And so that you often that's cultivated and it's been handed down, selected and grown and handed down. Wow. And then there's, even though harakeke is everywhere, if you want good harakeke for weaving, you select and you grow. And there's mm. a, actually a national collection there was a, a woman, Renee Augustin, who down Hawke's Bay area, farmer, and she noticed that Māori weavers, mm. skilled weavers, no longer had access because of the urbanisation and colonisation. Oh. Their paharakiki were being Taken decimated. Out. And so she took it over 30 years. She travelled around different papakainga, different villages, up the coast, into Tuhoi, here and there and everywhere through Waikato, and asked if she could collect fans of the special weaving harakeke. Oh, and then amazing. she eventually they gifted that to the um, Manaki Whenua. So it's a national wow. collection and a lot of pa harakeke access their fans from that collection. Otherwise they would have died out. Wow, so she really protected it for future generations. Yeah, and what she's cool really lady. respected. She's passed away now, but mm. she's very respected for that. Yeah. And they're all named. I mean, one of my favourite um, harakeke for weaving is one called Pawa. And I, I love it, you know, and grow it. And, and uh, then Aroa is one that's got beautiful fibre. They have um, a whakapapa. Mm. <laughs> Almost got their own little personality is going on. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, they're all different. <laughs> That's so yeah, cool. Yeah. I've also heard um, that there's a special sort of tikanga or practice around caring mm. for the harakiki as well. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's one of the gifts. Like as a Pakia weaver, I weave according to the tikanga that mm. I've been taught. And that's what I teach when I teach. It's very different from going into a shop and, you know, buying something and making something out of it. It's all interconnected, you know, with the natural world. So when you plant karakia, you plant in a certain way. Mm. And when you you harvest, like in our paharakiki and when you're weaving, it's like set apart. We don't take food and drink and smoking. Oh. Yeah. It's sort of a sacred area. Well, there's that side of it. And there's also the practicality. Like when we harvest harakiki, we always leave the middle three, which mm. is the baby and the parents or the whānau. The baby the and family. the parents. Yeah, and that's where that grows from. If you keep oh, cutting that back, then it will die it. eventually. Oh. So there's that tikanga, which is practical. Yeah, Otherwise, you've it, lost your plant. And it looks much nicer than going chop. Yes. <laughs> but that's how you cut it. And you don't, for example, you don't cut in the rain. Oh, um, and, okay. and that's because, you know, the knife can slip and you can accidentally cut the pepe, you know, the wrong ones, yes. or you can cut yourself. So there's a practical side of it as well as it mm. being sacred. Will you respect the wairua of the plant? But there's also, like, you don't harvest in nighttime for the same reasons, mm, practical. Dangerous. Yeah. Yep. And you don't walk across harakeke, you know. Oh. You, you don't step over it. Oh. Um, there's different you things go around? Like, yeah, mm. and so it also helps you to, even though that has a side where you're respecting the mana of the harakeke, but it's also practical. It means that you keep your harakeke tidy. You don't have a yes. great big mess everywhere. <laughs> so I love that side wow. of it, you know. And there's other things to do with, you know, women don't traditionally don't harvest when they have their mate, their mate wahine, their periods. Oh. Um, different things like that. So, oh, and, that's actually quite a lot to know. There's, yeah, there's a lot but of it, wisdom it and knowledge there. Oh, yeah, there mm. is. And there's others things as well, but it just makes sense, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's very practical. Yeah, yeah. it's respectful and honouring, 
but it's practical. Mm. Yeah. And we always do a karakia, a prayer of thanks, um, before we start to harvest or weave. Oh. It keeps you in a very mindful. Yes, I was just and, thinking and that. Conscious. It sounds like a mindfulness practice in it, itself, it, it, doing, re- yeah. doing weaving. And you're thanking the, the rain, the sky, the, the tupuna for the gifts, you know. It's, yes. It's a humbling process. That's really beautiful. Yeah, it oh, is. Wow. Yes. Where, where I love it, it starts with the earth and the little wee tupu mm. and it finishes maybe a whariki on the floor or a kurawai around one of your mokos. Yes, <laughs> so it keeps going through the generations. Yeah. Oh, yeah. well, how long have you been involved? Not that long, really. I, st- I learned to weave about 10 or 11 years ago. Okay. I always wanted to from the time I was young, hmm. but it wasn't that easy to be able to wisely, you know, it was not just freely given because people abuse and don't, mm, don't the tikanga it. gets lost. And, yeah, so as soon as I was working at Corbin Estate Arts Centre in Auckland in a repair and a, a restoration project and there was a weaver there mm. and Urata, who was, was my teacher, and so I jumped at the chance. Oh, yeah. And then that led to you starting the group here, right? So you started well, the group or was not, it already I going? I didn't really start it. It just, it, like, in Auckland, where I started learning, did about two hours a week for 10 weeks or something, which is nothing. You know, when it's a vast body of knowledge. Mm. And when we finished that and just said, well, let's just carry on weaving together. So we did. So there's that group, which I go up back to every month. And oh, right. we have a kiki up in West Auckland on the banks of the Opanuku as well. And then when I moved down to Raglan, firstly, I was teaching after a little bit uh, with my friend Erangi, who teaches at Raglan Area School, teaching mm-hmm. weaving there for a day a week to the kids. Well, it's hard to teach people weaving when there's no proper harakiki that they can, yes, you know, because it's right. hard work with some of the other harakiki. So we planted a paharakiki using the fans from our pa in Auckland up at the school. It's okay. it's there. It's on council land and they gave us approval, but it's for the school, Aww. for the kura there. So that's where that started. And then after I finished teaching there for two, three years or so, a member of Time Bank, Raglan oh, Time yes, Bank. Oh, yes, of course, yeah. Yeah, so great group. Ruth Port used to teach. She's a weaver from here, but she used to teach weaving at the old school. Mm. But then she went up to Ahipara and there was a big vacuum, so I decided I would teach weaving that on a 101, just beginners mm. through Time Bank. Mm. And so I've been doing that for a few years and then COVID hit. So the group started really last year, the same way that our wow. one in Auckland started. We were weaving, four or five of us, and so I said, just carry on. So we just carry on, and I uh, support and teach where needed, but we just weave together. Yeah, and it's like a social thing yeah. as well. You're and sort then of hanging this out year and... the same. Um, and there's a few from way back who are in the group. And then this year I did another uh, Raranga 101, and actually Alice in that oh, group. Oh, right, yeah. from our team. Yeah, oh, from cool. your team and, and teach weaving, and then they carry on and get drawn in and so then mm. the group continues. We meet once a month. And it's yeah. called Raranga Whangarau, is that right? We yes. just call, yeah, well, I mean, really that's just a description. Yeah. Mm, yes, <laughs> weaving. Weaving and regular. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah. It's logical, easy to follow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So you've got a real mix of ages then by the sound of yeah. it. It's quite a diverse yeah. group. It is, yeah. yeah. It's lovely to just sit down and weave together. And there's Wānanga here like Ngahu Utirito, which is a big overall charitable trust that's been 
operating for a long time, mm. just running Wananga mainly. So there's one in Kafia at Makatumarai in Kafia ah. every January that we go to as well. I'm a part of both groups and another one here in the Kōkiti Centre. Mm. So that's how you learn. You have your classes and then you just mix with weavers and it's and just, just learn from each other. Yeah. So is that what you enjoy most about it? Is it the learning side or is it the social side or is it sort of just everything <laughs> that comes with it? Well, to begin with, I just was drawn to it wasn't the social side or at all. It was mm. it was the the weaving, just mm. the raranga and the the depth of understanding, mm. like knowing the plant and feeling for the plant and growing and harvesting mm. and and weaving. It was just the depth really and the the many aspects of it, you know. Yes. It was kind of I guess you'd say in modern jargon like it's holistic it yes, covers everything it really does <laughs> yeah and it's of Aotearoa even though every yes. country has indigenous weaving and there's similarities this is Unique Aotearoa and it was handed on yeah that's really special mm. yeah and it's amazing to be part of something that's been going for so long as well you know hundreds of years of know, history incredible. to it yeah, mm. and now I love to sit down and weave with other weavers. There's mm. a special bond. It's that love of weaving, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You mentioned to me, I think this was over email when we were chatting, that you have a partnership with the Department of Corrections to help maintain yeah. the Paharakiki. What What's that like well, working with them? Do they benefit from being part of that? Yeah. And- yeah, well, my last job I had in Auckland, which was the restoration of, of riparian margins and replanting it with native plants. I was the community coordinator for that. And I I began working with corrections. I'd been a probation officer years back, so I knew how it operated years and years and years ago before I even had my family. So I started working with them and it's fabulous. It's really helpful. Mm. Like they just get stuck in and do the the hard yards. And also there's incredible learning that goes as well. So Rick, and Liz, you yes. know, um, yeah. from their, their farm. When I first came here, um, Liz had been learning weaving with the Wānango Aotearoa used to offer uh, weaving classes here years ago. Okay. And so there was a pā harakeke, like that had been sort of planted mm. up on Rick and Liz's farm. Mm. But it hadn't been, if you have a pā harakeke, if you don't, it'll just revert, of course, uh, if you don't um, care, for, care it. for it. And it's quite a lot of work, you know. So if you're not weaving anymore, if people have moved on, that's what happens. And being a fabulous permaculture farm, organically managed, of course, the blackberry was everywhere, jasmine, tradescantia, right. <laughs> which I you know, knew having worked with it up in West Auckland. So we started on that before the COVID hit, but then COVID hit and so everything reverted right back. Mm. And then after I thought, oh, it's just too much. So I thought, I'll contact so this is where Ngahu or Tarito as a charitable trust because corrections won't work with you unless you're, yeah, they won't work with private people. Mm. You have to be a registered charitable mm-hmm. trust. I'm a member of that as well and I talk to them and it's absolutely the kind of kaupapa that they umbrella. So they umbrellaed us so that we could apply to corrections. And I knew like one of the main uh, guys organising the teams, these whānau to my kids. And, mm. and they've been amazing, like come along most weeks depending on weather and they've cleaned out all of the blackberry and then dig out the seedlings that come back. There's a whole lot of harakeke there that we didn't want there. It wasn't really weaving harakeke. They dug out these massive bushes and they've just done the most amazing work and they've also like 
when they come, they become a part of what we yeah. do there. We do karakia together. Yes. Then some, many of them have got parents or grandmother or auntie or Ooh, nan who weaves. Mm. They understand and they just work so hard. And, wow. And they, they weed eat around. So it wouldn't have been possible. And, of course, Rick and Liz have been incredible. Like, oh, they love their people. Big, oh, fabulous. And it's got a long drop toilet because otherwise we couldn't oh, have done it. Yes. You've got to have a toilet. So. True. <laughs> yep, they're out there all day yeah. doing the mahi. <laughs> yeah. So now they've pretty much got it back so that we can actually get in there without being torn to bits. Oh, that's so it's great. It's all done. Yeah, it's fantastic. And um, so they'll probably just come once a month to, sort of to weed eat it. and maintain and help us. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's a great partnership. Yeah, yeah. it's sort of a win-win, yeah. isn't it? it? Yeah, and they learn as well. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably a chance for them to connect with something that they might have, you know, had yeah. in their youth and they're not really definitely had that connection to. Yeah, mm. that's true. A lot of them are quite young as well and mm. they a lot of muscle. And- yes, that's good. <laughs> that's what you want out there tackling the blackberry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what other, you sound, you've already mentioned a few things, so you sound like quite a busy lady that you're involved in a few different things. Yeah. What, what other projects are filling your time, you know, apart from the weaving? I mean, I'm a gardener. I love gardening. Mm. And uh, so I garden a lot, edible, mainly edible with flowers that bring the bees and fruit trees and stuff. Uh, When the hub moved over to being a community um, run, they asked if I would do weaving to sell there. So I I do that for for them. Um, It's lovely to get a, a little bit of change there, but it's mainly to support the community initiative. I'm a member of Time Bank. I used to yes. be on the Time Bank Champions. I now always I love Time Bank. I love the whole concept of it. Yeah, such a nice concept for people yeah. who are listening who might not have heard of Time Bank before. You're basically trading your time and skills with others and mm. then that goes into sort of a credit bank and then you can spend that on other people's skills. That's right. <laughs> so, for example, yeah. one person might do gardening and someone might do baking for them. So that's a, a moneyless exchange. Yeah, that's right. It's, it's great. I've taught for about nine years or so. Mm. I've been teaching and I want to spend a lot more time as I grow older weaving things for my whānau, you know, after I go. So um, I've put it out to the students that I've taught who are in the group who would like to take this over. And I can help with workshops for the more, you know, complex aspect of weaving. And yeah, so hopefully that will still carry on. And Time Bank is just fantastic for that. It is. Mm. That's really cool. And you were, uh, well, your group was a recent recipient of one of our community fund grants. Mm. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, what will the funds allow you to do? Various things, and we have yet to sit down as a group, but and but, I'll, but we've talked about it. Mm. So, and of course, it was in the application. Firstly, like it's great. Thank you so much. We just really, it's so cool being able to having for years, you know, worked in community making applications. But this is just, it was simple. Yes, you know, we tried to keep it online. <laughs> it was wonderful. Few questions, yeah. Oh, just uh, clear questions. Could just sit down and do it. You didn't have to get millions of, you know, quotes from. The, you oh, know, yeah. some of them you have to get a quote for like a ten dollar. Well, it's crazy, <laughs> isn't know? it? Yeah. And then it's almost like the the work isn't worth the reward. Oh, well, it's often yeah. it's not sometimes. And mm. then you have to write ten million reports. Ugh. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry, we're not asking for any reports. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you did, it would be fine because it would would be again. It would be. Easy and simple. It wouldn't be a convoluted process. Yeah, just a little email update yeah, is fine. Yeah, yeah, which we would do anyway because mm. we're just really happy to receive it. There were two main things that one is there was there's not a proper 
fence on the boundary, that means it's hard to control the weed mm, side of it. In. It just depends. We might contribute some towards that. Rick and Liz, of course, are working with their neighbours on that. But the big thing for us was just having a pool of money like we at the moment, we're probably going to, to purchase with the fund some of the big, huge Eco Matters weed bags. Oh, okay. That, because at the moment, all of, like the weeds, we can't put them anywhere on the farm. It's it's a, you oh, know true, we don't want to spread tradescantia and mm. yeah, and and yet you want it to become compost, yes. but we can't compost it because it's not mm. it'll escape and <laughs> there's a lot of stuff that's come across in there. So we'll use these big bags which we'll purchase through mm. the fund and keep it on the property, and it'll eventually break down on the, at the par yes. and had compost. So it's, you know. Clever. Yep, yep. So there's that. Um, we also, like when corrections come, you know, like we provide some of the more specialised tools and mm. equipment that's needed and provide the petrol for the weed eaters. And it's having a kitty that, so it doesn't always come out of our Your own pockets, pocket, which yeah. it has been. As it often is with yeah. these community yeah. things, right? People yeah. end up, the organiser well, ends do. up footing the bill. Yeah, you do, <laughs> that's right. Yeah. And just some of those tools for us as well. And also like we need to compost. It's an old paharika and it needs some feeding, mm. the old bushes. So we'll be able to get some of Extreme Zero Waste lovely compost, yes. put they a bit of gravel down where the corrections van comes so it won't mm-hmm. get stuck in the oh, winter. Yes. So it's that kind of thing to to support and sustain them, the ongoing um, maintenance of the paharakiki. Yeah. And, um, yeah, for now that's sort of what we need it for. That sounds perfect. Mm, Very practical. Mm. All these little things that otherwise, you know, yeah. kind of get ignored or you have to or make the, do yeah. and it's just a bit yeah. frustrating. No, mm. it's just wonderful and it's wonderful. The grant isn't like, you know, some of them you've got you've got to spend it only on that. So, yeah. <sighs> Trying to be flexible. <laughs> You're very, it's, it was fantastic. That just, you know, all praise to you guys Aww. for how you do it and also how you give back to your local community. Well, they're they're the reason we're here. Yeah, you know? but yeah, <laughs> so but that's not always acknowledged. You know, it's a mm. it's a, a system that goes like that, but not yep. everybody knows that mm. or acknowledges it. So yeah, we're wrapped. Oh, <laughs> that is really lovely feedback. I'm curious because it sounds like you've made a lot of things <laughs> over the years. Yeah. What's your What's your favourite thing you've ever made with Hadakiki? Or maybe you can say two things. Maybe one's a bit hard. Well, my. My favourite one was um, making a, a kakahu, a, oh, a, a clothing, wow. a cape for my uh, one of my mokopuna at her graduation from oh. her from her farikura. and that was really That's special very to special. me. Yeah, I used harakiki from the area that they live in up there, Baupa, and and she wore it, and that was very special to me. That would have taken a while too. Yeah, it did. It, quite it, big. it was the first one I made. It wasn't one of the big, long oh, kurawai okay. yeah, that small, been yeah. making for years. It was yes. kind of like a pew-pew but finer. Oh. Yeah, so there's wow. all these different ways that you can. And she'll treasure that too. She'll keep, I'm she'll looking keep after that for it. years. Oh, <laughs> yep. yeah. It's in safe hands yeah, yeah, <laughs> with yeah, you. Yeah. That's good. Yep, yep. It's lovely to weave something like my son rang me a few months or so ago that they were raising funds for mm. 
my mock was in a kapahaka group at their kura up in Waniwatiti Marae up in West Auckland and they were fundraising to go and, and compete at the national kapahaka oh, comps yes. down in Nelson, which cool. costs a lot to fly the kids all down mm-hmm. there. So he, they were doing an auction, fundraising auction. So he asked me if I could weave something for it. So I wove a couple of like fine kitty for, oh. for that and I loved to do that, you know, because it was, yeah. Yeah, you're helping them with yeah. your own skills. That's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really yeah. cool. And and actually the people that, that bought them in the auction, they were part of the whole coming up through the school. So, oh. Yeah, with, with my kids. Right. So it was cool. So they've gone yeah. to a really nice home. And there's home. lots of things, that, but those have come to mind. Oh. Yeah, yeah. And if someone listening to this uh, wanted to get started with learning how to weave, what would you recommend? Well, because I'm sort of easing off, like I, I usually just do – through Time Bank, Mm. two ones a year. If they wanted to do it really full on, they could join up in the uh, Wanangoa Aotearoa and they're in Hamilton. I don't know which campus they deliver Mm. it at, but up there. uh, There's a lot of after school, what do you call it, the classes, the education classes at high schools, you know. Yeah, night classes. Night classes, Mm. yeah. So like my teacher Anne Urata, she offers night classes at Te Atatū, Rutherford High. Oh, okay. And so if, wherever you live, like just some of the schools offer it, what, there's the Wānanga here in Raglan, um, Time Bank probably, and next year we'll have, hopefully we'll have the classes every year, but they should inquire through Time Bank. Mm. Mm. Are there any um, online, have you come across any yeah, sort of there, online yeah, courses? There, I mean, it would be nicer to do it in person probably. but There are courses online. Yeah, um, and just Google it, and um, yeah, and there's a there's a, some really good courses online too. Yeah. Cool. Oh, well, thank you so much, Annie, for sharing your your love and passion for for weaving. It's really beautiful, and you can sort of. I don't know, I was feeling the mindfulness of it <laughs> while you're describing yeah. it. It made me want to go and learn it myself. Yeah. Well, you can. <laughs> it sounds so beautiful. <laughs> and it's it's really it's really an art form that you're yeah. helping preserve. So yeah. I think it's really important what you're doing. That's one of the things that I love about it is that you can create something practical mm. like a kitty, but you you design it and you pour your, you think about the colours and the design. So it is an art, definitely an art form. It always has been. Mm. Yeah. It's very creative. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Vibe Lifter podcast. We hope that tuning into this interview has lifted your vibe. Check out raglanfoodco.com to learn more about the people and projects we're stoked to be supporting. that you play